This whole division we are going to talk about today is in a massive rebuild except for one team. There have been years, though, where a team that's supposed to win the division falters and a surprise team comes forward. Can that happen with this division, or will events play out as they should? That's right, my friends. Today, we are going to talk about and discuss the AFC South. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. You've done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here is your host. What a game. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fans, Dan. We are so close, my friends. We are so close to the to the beginning of the NFL season. If this is your first time stopping by, I say welcome, and I'm glad you could come by and listen to what we have to talk about today. If you like what we talk about, then give us a great review and rating so that others may find out about this wonderful football community. And to get involved in the conversations, please join our Facebook, X, and Instagram accounts at Show. With that, let's dive into... Our discussion on the AFC South, starting with Houston. Very intriguing team. Their win-loss under total right now is 5.5. I think it's under because obviously they have a lot to deal with and a lot of new things to figure out. One of them, of course, is C.J. Stroud, their new quarterback from Ohio State, who I think is a better version, and or I shouldn't say better version, but a better player than... Bryce Young will be. I've been proven wrong before, but I just like CJ Stroud looks like a better prospect and feels like a better prospect right now for the Houston Texans. But my big concern is the risk of drafting Will Anderson. Not now, Will Anderson's a great player. I think he's going to be a fantastic player at this division of the NFL. But there's a couple things that worry me. One is just the amount of pressure that's going to be put on him to succeed because if he's average, people are going to be upset, especially Houston fans, because the Cardinals from Arizona got their first-round pick. So Arizona could easily have the first and second overall picks in the draft next year if Houston falters this year, which there's a really good chance that's going to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see this play out especially with the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. I can see teams bombing. They're going to develop their tank early in the season to have a shot at that once-in-a-generation quarterback, at least in college. We'll see how he does in the pros, but we know Houston's not getting him. Their man is C.J. Stroud. But also with Will Anderson, he played 3-4 defense. He was the edge rusher. D'Amico Ryans, the coach of the Texans, the new coach of the Texans, Wants to play a 4-3 and put Will Anderson on the end. This could 
go good. This could also go bad. As you well may know, I'm a Packers fan. We were a 4-3 defense for many years. In our last years of a 4-3, we had Aaron Campman. Really great defensive end for the Packers. Had many double-digit sack seasons. Absolute and, and a fan favorite. They switched to a 3-4. They put him at end. He did not transition well. It was a rough, rough transition. And then we got Clay Matthews, and Aaron Campman was basically pushed out the door because he could not adapt to the new system. Will Anderson is definitely a good enough athlete to transition. The thing is, will he have the mindset for that transition? And can he succeed as if he was a 3-4 outside linebacker as a 4-3 defensive end? Going to be very interesting to see. And also, can D'Amico Ryans create this a new winning culture in Houston? They did have success with Deshaun Watson. They were looking like the team that was going to take over the AFC South for years. And then just the mess that unfolded with Deshaun Watson and the legal issues and then the trade to Cleveland. And then Bill O'Brien basically wrecked the team almost. Uh, well, he, did, he didn't almost wreck the team. He did wreck the team. So Miko Ryans is basically starting with a flat ground zero base right here. So... He could do it, but it's not going to be this year. It's going to take time. Next up on our list, we have another team that's going to be starting a rookie quarterback, even though they shouldn't, and that's Indianapolis. Win-loss total betting right now is 6.5. I think they are also under in there. And when I first look at Indy, the thing that goes to my mind, especially with Dan Snyder finally letting go of Washington, which the whole league breathed a sigh of relief finally that he's gone, is Jim Irsay, the new Daniel Snyder. When you look at it initially, you may say there's no way, but if you look at it deeper, he's messed up. That's the best way I can say it. For instance, when we look at the list of quarterbacks his team has had since Andrew Luck, and the Colts ruined Andrew Luck. You don't retire early unless you are just messed up and trying to figure out who you are. And they messed up Andrew Luck bad, and I don't blame him for retiring. But since Andrew Luck, which was 2018, they've had Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and Nick Foles. Seven quarterbacks in the span of four years start for the Colts. And let's not forget what happened last year as they got rid of their coach, Frank Reich. And he doesn't get a proven coach. He doesn't get a proven assistant that worked underneath Reich to take over the season as interim coach. Remember what he did? He took Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, whose big coaching experience was high school. And Jim Ursay, being the cocky guy he is, said at the press conference, you want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people. Love to see it. What happened after that? The Colts went 1-7. and seven. <laughs> Just absolutely, I mean, pride comes before a fall. Really hit Jim Ursay hard when it came to hiring Jeff Saturday. So thankfully for Colts fans, Saturday isn't there. They picked up. Shane Steichen from the Eagles, which I think is the right move because Shane Steichen works with a mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Now gets maybe one of the best athletes to ever enter the NFL in Anthony Richardson. The problem I have with Richardson is that 
he's not accurate. Yes, he can throw a ball and hit the ceiling, but college, it was rough. I mean, everyone remembers that first game against Utah when he went off and he was supposed to be the Heisman candidate and he's supposed to be this great player. And then nobody remembers the game against Florida State where he could not complete a pass in the second half. And his passes were awful. He was missing wide open receivers. So I definitely think this team's going to be run-based. It's going to be like the Ravens when Lamar Jackson went to the league. But then you have to worry about injury concerns with Richardson because all it takes is one hit and you're gone. And then you're never the same player ever again. So I think they hired the right guy in Steichen to help Richardson. But I honestly think they should go with their other quarterback for now in Gardner Minshew. The guy's proven he can win in the NFL. He's not going to be the starter. Obviously, Richardson's going to be the long-term starter. But why are we throwing him in the fire? There's no reason for that. And I'm sure Richardson will have his moments in the NFL where like, man, look at this great highlight play. But then his stat line is not going to reflect those great highlight plays. Unfortunately, not yet. Not yet. And speaking of Jim Mercer, I told him with Jeff Saturday, all these quarterbacks coming in, and now he's ruining the team with Jonathan Taylor. Apparently him and Ursay had a talk. Ursay would not give him the raise or give him what he what Jonathan Taylor thought he was worth. He said, hey, Jonathan, you can look for trades. And of all teams, my Green Bay Packers were trying to trade and get Jonathan Taylor. And apparently the rumor is that the Colts wanted a first-round pick and edge rusher Rashawn Gary. Jim Mercer's a joke. He's an absolute joke. He doesn't want to pay Jonathan Taylor what he's worth, but in the trade market, he wants to get max value for him. That is greed on a plate if I've ever seen it in my life. I think Indy, like I said, goes under six and a half, and they deserve it because of their dumb owner. Absolutely terrible man. Absolutely terrible way he's running this organization. The only chance this team has to break six and a half games is if the Colts defense improves. I don't see it happening. They averaged 25 game allowed last year, which is one of the worst in the NFL. And they allowed a 96.2 quarterback rating, which is the third worst in the NFL, third worst defense in the NFL with QBR. And you get to face Trevor Lawrence twice this year. Lucky you guys. Lucky you. Now, granted, you still have solid players on the defense like DeForest Buckner, but You have a long way to go to be good, and the defense is not good enough to carry this team. So I see Indy taking another step back this year with hopefully a step forward in that with Anthony Richardson, although I don't trust him. I don't trust Anthony Richardson either because he only has 13 starts in college. That's it, 13 starts. You know know what other player had about that many starts, 12, 13 starts, and flopped in the NFL? Mitchell Trubisky. He was supposed to be this great player from North Carolina for the Bears. He's going to be their quarterback. That fell into the ground, and I sadly see this going the same way. I hope I'm wrong for the Colts fans' sake, but with Jim Irsay's track record and everything that's going on, I don't like their odds. So good luck. Prove me wrong. Next, we actually go to the one decent team in this division, and that's Jacksonville. Jacksonville made the playoffs for the first time in a long while last year. Trevor Lawrence woke up, came to play, second year, great improvement from him. And they added now Calvin Ridley, who is such a great find for this team. 
Calvin Ridley, of course, unfortunately sat out a year because of his gambling issues, which that's comical for me. NFL players make a bunch of money, and they, all they do is they, at least in Calvin Ridley's case, was try to make more money off their game. I'm like, bro, you have enough. Just take it. Be happy. Walk away. Play the game. Get an extended contract. And he will if he sticks around with Trevor Lawrence because his last full season, which was in 2020, he had 90 catches, almost 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. Could you imagine him and Trevor Lawrence if this works? It's, it's got me excited thinking about it because you'd pair him with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, who aren't true ones, but you get Calvin Ridley, who's a true one. It'll only open up things for Kirk, open up things for Jones. It'll open up the running game with Travis Etienne. And their solid tight end in Evan Ingram. I think this could go a long way. It's going to be a fun season if Calvin Ridley plays to potential, which I think he will. The key, though, is their defense, who's had issues, but they have a lot of youth. And if it grows like it should, this could be a good all-around team. The only the, the main defender we have to look at, though, is Trayvon Walker. First overall pick last year. Only three and a half sacks last year. And some guys take a while to to a grow, but he will always be compared to Aiden Hutchinson, who had an unbelievable year for the Lions last year. So Trayvon Walker needs to step up. He needs to be the guy that leads the defense in sacks and becomes that force off the edge. But what's great is they have a lot of young talent that can grow into their positions. Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd, Feruse Alukun and Andre Sisko. If those guys can even get a level, one level above what they were last year, this team will improve by leaps and bounds and easily win the AFC South. The win-loss total for Jacksonville is not surprisingly nine and a half. I have them easily over that and easily win the AFC South. But here's a fun fact for you. Jacksonville Jaguars have not had one player with a single MVP vote. Not one. I think that changes this year with Trevor Lawrence. He right now is plus 1,600 odds, which is eighth best in the league to win MVP. Now, I don't think he'll win MVP, but I think he'll be in the discussion at some point. I could see him top five, maybe five or six, but I could see him getting a vote, which will break that streak for Jacksonville. So that'll be very exciting to watch. And, of course, the last team in the division here, we have the Tennessee Titans, and this team imploded last year. This is a team that started 7-3 and three and then proceeded to not win a game the rest of the year. The question we have to ask ourselves is, can Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry still work? Tannehill is 35. Derrick Henry is 30. The average age of a running back retiring in the NFL is about 28-29. So Henry is on the wrong side of 30 when it comes to being a running back. And Tannehill, back in 2019, he had a pass rating of 110.6. Last year, 91.5. I don't see him regaining his form. There's a reason why they drafted Will Levis and Malik Willis in the past two years. Malik Willis is not going to see the field ever again. He does not look like an NFL player. Will Levis... He's got a nice ball, nice accuracy, and I could see him actually taking the field this year. Now, the question is when, 
I think if Tennessee falters out of the gate, you could see Will Levis as early as week seven, maybe even week six or eight, depending on their record. But it should be fun to watch. But no matter who the quarterback is, Traylon Burks needs to step up. There's a reason why they drafted him last year with one of the with their first round pick. And in the trade with the Eagles with AJ Brown, who has turned into a superstar with the Eagles. That might be one of the worst trades in history if it keeps playing out the way it does. Traylon Burks, he was injured part of the year, but he had 33 catches for 444 yards and one touchdown. He needs to get over a thousand next year. He needs to be a consistent 1,000-yard receiver for this team to have any sort of success. Yes, they picked up DeRondre Hopkins, but he's only 31, and he only played in nine games last year. So again, a lot of issues with this team, especially on offense. This offense could be bad. This offense could be awful. I mean, look at the defense. There's some solid players. Mike Varable is obviously a defensive coach, so that side of the ball will never slack. But they allowed 21 a game last year, which isn't terrible, but I don't see this offense scoring more than 21 a game consistently. So when I see Tennessee's 7.5 over under, I'm saying under for that. And I think the team that makes the playoffs is Jacksonville. And when I look at this division as a whole, as far as rankings, I have Jacksonville at 1. I have Tennessee at 2 by default just because the other teams are going to be worse. Indy at 3 and Houston at 4 as there's a lot of rebuilding going on in this division and one really solid team. So the real important question is, is what do you guys think? Do you think I'm right and that Jacksonville's the only good team in this division? Or does one of these other teams have enough to step up this year and win that crown? Well, we'd love to hear your opinion. And you can share that on our Facebook or X or Instagram at Show. I'd love to talk to you and create this conversation with this football season coming up. Again, thank you for stopping by. God bless. And we'll see you next time here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name.